We are rolling. We're rolling, people. We are uh, in a very romantic solo booth right now. <laughs> Where's the violins? Where's the luthier? Where's the candlelight? Ooh, That's the right. Barry White. Yes. Uh, my brother used to sing Barry White tunes to my dog. Wait, hold on. We have to introduce our guest. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> So we're not two in the solo booth again. We are three magical beings in the solo booth. We have an incredible guest with us today, Candy Milo. (sighs) Ah, yes. Great. Candy, hi. Hi. Hi, Candy. How are you? Hi, Eric. Oh, my gosh. We are so thrilled to have you. I'm excited to be here. All right, Candy, uh, tell our listeners, the main one being Bruno, my dog, because he's our our biggest and baddest fan at this point, all of our seven listeners. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, voiceover, meow, meow, the whole kit and caboodle, your spiel? Go. Go. Okay, so I actually started um, as a singer and Mm -hmm. a stand-up, and um, then I was hip-pocketed by an agent at William Morris who died, and I sang at his funeral, um, or at his uh, wake at Carlos and Charlie's, and everybody came to hear it and came up to me afterwards and said, uh, after listening to me sing, that said that I should do cartoons. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, um, uh, after I managed to get married after that, but there's not been a lot of takers. Um, uh, so I kind of got into voiceover. Tiny Toons was my first. I played Sweetie, <laughs> oh the God. little bird on Tiny Toons. And I'm, well, I'm most well-known for um, Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Yes. And right now I'm doing... A really great movie that's coming out, Adventures of Pinocchio, which will be out next Christmas, great. where I play um, a, a character called Dory, and she's awesome. <laughs> Everything about her is special. <laughs> she's awesome. And um, I do uh, the voices of uh, Granny. Uh, I do Granny and Witch Hazel oh, for uh, Warner Brothers and, and replacing the late June Foray, who makes me look like a giant when she was alive. She was four foot eleven in like four inch boots. Uh, she was amazing. Awesome. She was awesome. Awesome. Wow. So that's so me. That's you. You've done a few things. Yeah, Wait. a lot. Just a few. Just yeah, a few yeah but I think it takes you that long to find your groove. Oh my which gosh. is why when I see young people saying, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this, I'm like, do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Because show business will be here when you wake up tomorrow. And I think how we survive mm-hmm. for as long as we do past 30 mm-hmm. is to have other things in our uh, other tools in our arsenal. arsenal. You know, yeah, I, I, totally. you've done Broadway. Yep. I was in Dreamgirls, yep. the first national yep. tour. Know, and wow. I haven't used any of that. You just kind of move past it all. Yeah. You know, you just kind of go pick up your oars, let the current take your canoe. But every once in a while, I love that I was in a tour. And I yeah. knew how to do that because... It's still it still serves me in voiceover, but when that ended, um, or I went in a different direction, I never looked back in fear. I just was like, "Well, you know how to do that. Let's move on." Yeah. I have like career ADD in a good way, which is the best. I mean, that's totally. the best way to build a career. And right? That's crazy. Yep, yes. I mean, it's just it's the most non-linear business, and nothing makes sense. So. And nothing makes sense. Yeah, nothing yeah. makes sense. And you know that adage of. 
you know, well, if you don't, are not seeing the auditions that you want created, mm. you know, what what happens to a young person when they hear that and they are just not a creator? Right. I say then learn how to do some other stuff, juggle, um, take a stand-up class, mm-hmm. learn how to do some stuff so that you can survive mm-hmm. however this kind of takes off, yeah. you know, in that it, you know, people are like, I am an actor. Well, then, you know, if you don't are not getting jobs, create something. Well, if that's not your bag, then you starve or you quit. Or do not- something. I mean, at this point, you kind of have to do something else. I mean, you literally, do. maybe leave the business for a while until inspiration strikes you. Right. You know what I mean? And you figure out um, because there was Nancy Cartwright is a friend of mine. And many years ago, she said her advice to every young person was, Follow your dream in the arts because if you don't, you will when you're 40. Mm. And it and uh-huh. you know, and my my joke is always somebody will end up crying and it's going to be you. So you just follow it now. And and she was talking to parents to encourage their children to do whatever that passion was. Yeah. Um. Because you, it will gnaw you for the rest of your life right. if yeah. you don't. Yeah. Yes. Shoulda, True. coulda, woulda. True. Yeah. You know. And then you're 70. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Good. How are you feeling about being in the solo booth right now? I like it. This is pretty cool. <laughs> are we snuggly? Um, we're pretty snuggly right It's now. pretty awesome. <laughs> we're pretty snuggly. I, well, I like it because you know I don't feel like I'm on the spot to give my resume because mm. I'm one of those people that if like if I don't call my daughter Gabby and ask her a question whether she's at work or not, I won't remember. So if I thought it was like give my resume, I'm like I only know what I did yesterday, and that's I, all you need to know. Here. Right? Exactly. That's I only know what I did yesterday. Here. I want to talk really quickly about how Candy and I met because it's a very yeah. cool like roundabout way. So I teach these drop-in dance classes. Uh, it's called Broadway Style Combos for Movers, and they're literally built for people who are amazing singers, actors, storytellers who maybe get snaggled a little bit on their dance callbacks for theater. And I have this incredible tribe of people that come to the class, super, super talented, and just maybe have a little bit of this block. And truly, for the most part, it's about 85% mental. It is 85%. It's ringing that shame bell, you said? ringing the shame bell. Because you... We go to that when you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those of us that have perfection issues, yeah. you go right to shame. Well, yeah. you know, because I ate that when I shouldn't have eaten that and I'm a little heavier and I'm not moving well. And yeah. you just, it is 90%. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. how yeah, we yeah, met. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So Candy started taking my class. And then about, I don't know, it was like two or three months after you started taking my class, one day she just randomly asked me, she was like, do you do voiceovers? Do you do any voiceover work? And I was funny, it's you should ask. Mm-hmm. I did so much of it when I was a kid and I made, I mean, I, I paid for school doing voiceovers and jingles as a kid, and then my parents pulled me out of the business entirely, and um, I didn't do anything. Mm. And um, wow, I, I know, know that. you knew that. Story. Yeah, that's another story for another time. Yeah. But um, wow, yeah. So I I had just started thinking about it the year that we met, and. It was like destiny came a calling. Yeah, and um, there's yeah. something in the in the timbre of your voice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can hear it, and then you get the joke. And and mm-hmm. it's. I grew up with as the daughter of a stand up, and if he were alive, he'd be 101. So Ooh. it was like that. Yeah. Put down that that Don Rickles kind yeah. of a thing, and it's hard to meet Forced someone. Belty? Yeah, uh-huh. and it's hard to meet somebody as quick as. Me, yeah. who's not a borscht belt, daughter of a borscht belt comic. And I was like, God, you're really funny and you're quick. Yeah. And that is what voiceover is, mm-hmm. loud and fast and funny, brought down a little. But everybody, even people who do games, 
um, unless they're like that the, the weird flavor of the year yeah. or flavor of the month. You do have to be loud, fast, and funny. And if you can be brought down, aka directable, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. you'll work. But and yes. I think coming from a theater background, at this point yeah. in my life, it's yeah. so interesting because yeah. I feel like now animation voiceover it it is like the perfect amalgam of every skill set that I've ever worked at, and it's it's the ultimate play. It it is it's so fun. And I always say the best. Um, the best voiceover people are, are singers, mm-hmm. and the best singers yeah. are dancers, mm. and the best dancers are people who have worked in front of a live audience, a.k.a. Yeah. theater or theme park. Yeah. Right. And Dee Bradley Baker, who is the one of the number one voiceover people, he, Jeff Glenn Bennett, and I, and like two other people, we are... 15, 16-year-old, 17-year-old theme park kids. Oh, wow. Marriott's Great wow. America, and then I went to Disney World. And it it's like you you are thrown, you are in a park, yeah. and you are having tourists yeah. that are hot and tired and loud and children pulling and getting up, and you have to roll yeah. with it. And, yeah. I, and I just think that that is a skill set, um, well, the best people know how to give up a laugh too. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of the worst voiceover people I know are so busy not in the moment because they're waiting to jump in. It's like that double right. dutch jump rope thing that they're not reacting. And then the quickest people are the actors that are listening. Listening always. Laughing, covering their mouths, not wanting to laugh. And then you you have the joke because if you're listening, you know right yeah. where to yeah. jump in. And I just think that laughing a lot is good and yes the skill set as well as the life experiences mm-hmm. you yeah. know we are three people who pull from uh you know our pop culture is deep and wide because of what we do i see some young people and there are a lot of kardashian references because right. that's their pop culture sure. and i always say you know wherever you can listen to 70s music listen to 70s funk Shit, soul all the time yeah you know a frame of reference it's so yes. key and so yeah. important yes and so many yeah I say, Be- younger folks it just it's not there they don't have that. no don't you have to know yeah. like older weirder television yeah. references so that if you need to create a voice if something strikes you you're like yeah. oh man you remember um miss jane on the beverly hillbillies yeah. she was in love with jethro chief i can't tell you how many times i've done that voice and something and yeah. i'm like they said yeah. what is it or i've done something where it's basically um uh, it is uh, a Nathan Lane in the birdcage, oh you God, know, yes. and you you have to go outside yeah. and that's bigger than your computer. Yeah, right. You have totally. to get off of YouTube yeah. to because I love Demi Lovato's voice. But as an actor and a voice actor, I can't voice match her. I can't do I could even get in her vocal range, but I can't tell you what she sounds like it's mm. like a Kristen Stewart mm. I don't know what she sounds mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's that vanilla but if you go into your 60s sitcoms and your 70s sitcoms and you the neighbors Mrs. Kravitz right. you know yeah. ghost and Mr. Chicken and like watch <laughs> all, like oh, that yeah. is like my yes. secret yes. DVR'd Oh, that is that. my. I love that. That I watch more than. And, and right below it, above it is Get Out. So it's either Get Out, oh. Ghost and Mr. Chicken, 
Get Out, Ooh. Ghost and Mr. Chicken. It's my DVR lineup. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. There it is. Okay, so while we're talking about TV shows and whatnot, I'm going to go to our first Instagram yes. hoodie because oh. we've got a little um, topic here. What do we lose by being able to binge watch shows? Anything? Oh, yeah. I think that you, um, while you gain, I think the problem with binge watching is that you can't take what you've learned and what you've seen and have any time to process it mm. in real time. You can't go away and two days later go, oh, this is what Jill Soloway was talking about uh, on Transparent. This is what we saw in that, oh, I get, I get, I get, I get. So if you watch, all you're seeing is brilliant writing, brilliant camera shots, and it goes on, but you learn that it, it, good TV teaches, mm. and so you kept, mm. you don't have any time to, to marinate. There's no marinate. Learn the lessons, right? You know what? That's so true. I never yeah. really thought about it before because for me, it's almost like I get so excited when I can binge watch something because it's like feeding an addiction almost. Like it's just it feels so good yeah. to get that fix. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. Yeah. Can I? I have something really embarrassing to say. I was watching Transparent the other day. I was catching <laughs> up on it. <laughs> I didn't put together until I was watching it, and I've watched all of it, transparent. 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 It's like Old Yeller. I didn't realize it was Old Yellow for the longest time. I thought it was like a dog that yelled, like howled. (laughs) No. No. Transparent. Transparent. But as silly as as that sounds, had you walked away from it for a week, as it takes. Now, I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. I watched an entire season of not binging um, of How to Get Away with Murder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And and the way that that's shot, you miss so much. Even if you, like, look down and take a bite of food, you're like, wait, what the fuck? So I went and binged. I'll binge a season of that Mm -hmm. quickly on my iPad and go, oh, I see. All right, that's Mm -hmm. where she got the idea. Oh, my God, she speaks French. And, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what I binge watched because I was so far behind the curve. Tell me. I binge watch Fosse Verdon, like from top to bottom. Oh, okay. We and talked about that already on the show. Yeah. You haven't watched it yet? I still haven't I'm watched furious. it. I would say you. do it. I mean, furious. because I worked with Michael Bennett yeah. and somebody in a private group that I'm in with all Chorus Line and Dream yeah. Girls people, yeah. because that's all he was allowed to do before life took him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was only in his 40s. That is yeah. outrageous. Insane. Yeah. And, I, um, and he was mentioned once with kind of a foul... Um, thing by Fosse, mm. like, or you wanted to go with your best friend Michael Bennett, mm. and I was like, oh my god! And so that was in the group, and I never watched it because I had such great memories of sure. Fosse yeah. Verdon, but um, it was so compelling. Yeah, and because I knew, and I know Candy Brown mm-hmm. <laughs> from like the time I'm 18, mm-hmm. um, she and I was hearing her name, and I'm like, oh my god. They have a character called Candy Brown, who's like my friend, friend. And it all came, and then I was so into it. But I tell you what, I now need to go back because 
I don't remember who played that part and then Leo Butts playing Chatty Pajewski. Oh. Because what I could do if I didn't binge was then get on YouTube or on that and go, what happened? When did he die? And how yeah, old was he totally. there? Wasn't it so fun, though, to see Patty Chayefsky and Neil Simon and, like, all those relationships play out? Mm-hmm. And how I loved it. And mm-hmm. that life of them doing Chicago only to leave something yes. for Nicole. That yes. she knew she was killing him, and everybody was like, she was amazing. And I was like, Gwen Verdon, not mm. so nice. Mm. She knew mm. she was killing him, but she, it took everything that they had. And she was so furious with his womanizing mm-hmm. that she worked him to death. But her big thing was she knew that he was leaving her nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the life of a theater. That yeah. was the life of, you know, um, they were not making Neil Simon movies back then there were no royalties he was only a broadway scribe patty was only a broadway scribe they were not making book sales all of that came after their huge successes and so you know you kind of you they were all drinking they were partying they were spending money on lake houses and ocean houses to rent and it was this this troop of crazy people, mm-hmm. you know? It was mm-hmm. great, though. Yeah. That's what, so I binge-watched that. It's a good one. What have you binge-watched? What's your latest? Or... Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just binge-watched and caught up with Transparent. Oh, that's yeah. good. And I just, one, yeah. I'm just so obsessed with that okay. show. Jill Soloway, to me, is, is like... In, the incre- yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I... Like that's a dream. She's she is a dream person for me, and, a bucket list person to and work with. She has gotten. They're gonna make Transparent a musical. Oh yeah, no, I know. Wow. It's incredible. It's just it's like, incredible. And it I is. I cannot those wait epic to themes. see that. Ugh, it's so deep. It really is. And for me too. Um, you know, I I grew up in this very. Uh, we're not we're not religious, but culturally Jewish New York New York family, and a lot of the Pfefferman weirdness. Oh, is that, are we at time? Not yet. No, we're good. Oh, okay. We're good. Um, just kind of the messiness of the dysfunction and beauty of the culturally Jewish relationships for me rings so many bells. And God, I mean, it just, it touches, it touches something that I've never seen on uh, certainly TV before, but I mean, really nowhere. No, right. And I can't remember when they said, um, somebody said who knew a Jewish funny girl on TV. I forget. There was just something that came up and I forget. And, and all my friends quelling over a funny Jewish girl. Yeah. And I was like, it was not Mrs. Mizell. Uh, it's something else that was on. And I, they, they said it. Oh, Valerie Harper. The oh, death yeah. of Valerie yeah. was like, was the first time anybody had seen kind of a funny Jewish girl. Because mm-hmm. they had to be, sidekicks had to be white. Mm. And culturally, right. culturally waspish. Yeah, no, Jewish is the other white meat. Right, exactly. <laughs> we are the other white meat. That's right. All right, good. Let's do one more. All right. Um, what is this? Okay, how do you feel about men crying in public? Eric. <laughs> Come on, Eric. Go, go to the Are guy. you crying right now? I am. Can't you see Are the you tears? internally crying? Are you? Deep inside. It's deep down. I'm trying to suppress that, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, why not? What's wrong with that? I not mean, a I, thing. Sh- express yourselves if you're feeling that. I think that, I think there's... There's always this bad rap that a lot of men get that you're supposed to be stoic and super strong and above the emotion. And I don't come above from that. Above the emotion? Above the emotion. Is that what you're taught? Yeah, well, a lot of times, yeah, you know, be a big boy, you can't cry, you know, yeah. be a big man. You have to kind of man up and do things in different ways. Man up. 
those all these names and connotations that are attached to it just kind of hammer home the point that you can't have a moment where you show some emotion and are really uh right you know vulnerable if you will you know well and i think then that what happens is that you like other uh things that can be stigmatized Mm. it's like if you can suppress your emotions and you can get through it you can also not be gay And if you could just get control of it rather than saying we're all on this spectrum, we all have heavy duty emotions. And I think crying in public is, um, uh, well, my, I I have a compassionate heart. I have a problem with anybody crying in public. I will go to a child crying um, and I will go down to their level, parents there or not. If I see a woman crying, I will go over. And if I see a man crying, I will I will go over and I think that maybe that question arises from a fear of um being bullied mm-hmm. for having emotions and yeah. that's what we're working to rid and I think we have so much toxicity now because I think it's all dying off yeah. and when right. anything we're, dies we're off spiking. you're spiking I believe that you're spiking before the death did you guys see this I just wanted to share this with you as I was oh filming. my god oh yeah I of course parking. I saw this oh my god Apologizes. Okay. founder of conversion therapy this was in the Washington Post uh, founder of conversion therapy center comes out as gay apologizes incredible Founder of the conversion Founder. that have Doesn't ruined. Doesn't happen a lot though. Yes, it happens all the time. Yes, right? the folks that are so anti- homophobic. So, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yes. This is what yeah. I say. We feel yeah. that the the female doth the the lady doth protest too much, mm. and I just wonder what we've all got on Lady Bird Graham. Mm. Oh, was that out loud? <laughs> was that out loud? Um, and I think that that yeah. came up. Yeah. And there was something else. Oh, political. I knew. I'm just going to get on this. Yeah. So Boris Johnson, who's like the the uh, British Trump, yeah. same hair. They have the. Yeah. They are like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Um, was taking a vote on Brexit, and in yeah. the middle of his speech, somebody moved over to the other side. Um, crossed the aisle, and so he did not. They couldn't vote on it because he yeah. doesn't have the majority. Yeah. Oh, so he couldn't wow. push it through. He lost. Yeah. This was <gasps> huge, and I kept thinking the parallels that all of my really smart political yeah. friends yeah. do were like, what would happen if in the in Congress, five or six members of the GOP went oh, over to God. senators, went yeah. over where we could just stop yeah. this cold. Yeah. Um, but one guy moved over and took away Johnson's majority mm-hmm. and he couldn't take the vote because yeah. he knew we would lose and now they're um it's a huge show of no confidence so it's tabled mm-hmm. and we'll see and then there was another article that i was reading but i left my phone out there um that said the russian meddling um that there are six men that have looted russia they're yeah. the russian Oligarchs, mob yeah, yeah they and they named them yeah. and said they are involved in australia Italy mm. and London. Mm. And that's how they got Johnson, Salvini, and then the guy that they're all the Trump because it's all this. And we're not talking about billions. They're yeah. talking, they have looted the natural resources, gas, because wow. they privatized it and six yeah. guys just went, oh, we'll take it. That's our 23 minutes. Oh, it's okay. We're going we're, overtime. We're, we're going to go overtime okay. just a little bit. I want to go back to this um, men crying thing for one second because yeah. this is something that I find so interesting interesting um 
I grew up with two brothers, um, and I feel like um, emotions were always encouraged in my family. My bro- my brothers are both like super emotional mm-hmm. people, but a lot of the men that I've been involved with in my life have suffered because I'm attracted. You know, I'm attracted yeah. to man witches. I like right. man witches, yeah. yeah. um, and so part of that messaging I feel like is. Um, don't not only don't show emotion, but that idea of man up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're not allowed to show vulnerability. And I've even found myself guilty in as as a partner mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. feeling like, oh my god, I'm scared because it's, it's out it's of control. Some, it's out of control. We're not watching a show at and theater. Male right. male vulnerability has a very uh, male vulnerability has a very different texture to it than female vulnerable. like when a guy is having that experience which is so beautiful and natural and they should we are so conditioned to not be in it yeah that it, it it's jarring so almost. you struggle you struggle to react to at that the beginning you, yeah. no i mean at yeah, the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. i did yeah. I, I love it yeah i love it but recognize that believe it or not that is social conditioning 100%. and i will give you the 100%. very recent was Laura Spencer. Oh, yeah. Not just grinning, and she apologized for her comment. Mm. I'm just going to put out there multiple comments, sustained laughter, the look of a sneer that a boy was taking ballet, and the guy who got no heat, and I think it was Stephanopoulos, laughing and laughing, and the audience behind her roaring. And if we break it down... They were laughing at a little boy who they thought might no, be gay. it's so cruel. And that's Just... what it was because dancing is so gay. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, there's nobody more athletic than male dancers. Thank you. They yeah. are the thank ultimate you. athletes. Ultimate, yeah. nothing I, I more mean, beautiful. Truly, yeah. No. Super nothing elegant, more... strong, yeah. elegance. Yeah. I mean, to yeah, me, yeah. My, my biggest yeah. crushes growing up were Barishnikov and Gregory Hines. Oh, mm-hmm. period. my God. Like, period. How is it? White Knights. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to yes. say that that's real, but yeah. understand that the apology happened and the damage was so done yeah. that the the anybody watching, not little kids, yeah. and she was apologizing, the parents watching got a heavy dose of, mm. you better look twice at that kid. Not because, you know, he's going to be bored or it's only sissies do it. There may be something wrong with him. That was the look. And there, that woman's mother. Yeah, I can only hope that her I son know. wants to dance ballet. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be, be great? So He'd great. get a scholarship from Auntie Candy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Rick Murphy wants us to talk about unconditional love. This is actually a great subject. It is a good because, subject. Because um, I feel like if, and again, we've talked about this a tiny bit before in here, but mm. I was not raised with unconditional love. And so mm. unconditional love is really hard for me. Mm. It's hard for me to give it to myself and it's hard for me to dole it out without becoming critical because my inner critic is so big. So that's been my biggest life lesson, yeah. period. Yeah, I think I um I think you have to learn. Yeah. And I think it goes back to binging. I think you have to learn Bring it around, take lady. it in, <laughs> figure it around, figure it out and then come back to it because I think it's a gradual gradual process. The only thing um that I think that is unconditional for me in my life was not even uh, my daughter's dad. 
and who I was mad for when I was mad for him. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, it was over. But right. when I was mad for him, I was mad for him, my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Your kid, there is something about that. It is um, DNA altering. Mm-hmm. It is, um, there is something that happens. And I think my definition of it is, uh, may not like what you did, may not like that that happened, but I absolutely love you unconditionally. Mm, that's yep. Like there's nothing, I may not like you right now, mm-hmm. but I will never tell you I hate you mm-hmm. or I don't love you. And I yeah. was not a product of that. I'm yeah. a product of, I cannot stand you right now. Get out and did you fail? Oh my God, you're so stupid. And so my perfectionism is at Off an all time high. And I have learned so much from that. And I think that if I was really honest, it was unconditional love for my daughter that made me realize I didn't have it in my marriage. Because mm. that was like, that's what this yeah. should look like. And we should be, coming a, be becoming a unit yep. rather than you're going to do it one way and I'm going to take her and I'm going to do it my way. And I was like, okay, this is not for me. Yeah. Yeah, you have kids, right? I do. I have a daughter. Um, okay. Look, I have never, and, and obviously, unconditional love for my youngster, for sure, right? Right. Um, I love my daughter like crazy. She's she's grown now, and she does her own thing, but she's just, she's fantastic. You know, she's so talented, so skilled, so bright, so smart, so beautiful, and but she she's had a giving un- heart. And she had unconditional love for she, you. Yeah, yeah. She our, did. our relationship is solid, so it's yeah. good, right? Um, there's no doubt that her dad has certainly made her unhappy at times with well, some yeah. choices and decisions, but, but it's, it does doesn't waver in terms of how that love no. and that connection is, right? It's interesting because there's a lot of people that I've known over the years, friends of mine, um, that have grown up in situations that you, similar to what you just mentioned about how your parents put certain things on you and really said really not so nice things to you. I don't want to sound like the hokey guy here, but I never had that experience oh, from God, my great. parents at all. Good for you. It was no, really wow. super supportive that is such and, a gift. But it's amazing that so many people have, and I feel bad that folks had to kind of endure that because that's not my experience at all. No, but that's what's creating this this inability for us to love yeah. and to be, you know, to be yeah. tolerant yeah. is that you're seeing totally. um, this old-fashioned, yeah. like, uh, you know, and yep. this is what this is, is yeah. good old-fashioned love and we yeah. go to church and we do this mm. and this is, we're told this and we're told that and I'm like, you know, I got to tell you, I was a big proponent when I had my daughter of the damage stops now. Yes. Yeah. From now on, I don't, I never have hit her. Mm. I spanked her bottom yeah. once yep. and you know my kid, this is what she looked at, she was three and she went, mommy's never supposed to hit the babies no oh. and then she wept and she had <gasps> eyes this big and eyelashes i never yep. touched her again and she just broke down and crumbled in a ball and i was like mommies are never supposed to hit mm-hmm. the babies i love that you i never hit my kid that was one never. mandate i mean her we, we co-parented so her right. mom would you know was ultra religious and into that and i was really just kind of pushing back on some of that sort of over authoritarian approach right. to parenting but right. she kind of stemmed that tide as well but i never put my hands on my kid you can't um you just, I just can't I, you don't want sh- yeah but people my kid have, people advocate for this they think this is like oh, a way to discipline which yeah. i find and really that's fascinating. old school i mean yeah. and that is it that, that is, is yeah, yeah. spare the rod spoil the child that no. is that religious yeah, yeah. that we yes. are caught up in now that i Squash say it. Uh, you gotta squash it yeah. because my kid, who I am 
convinced has been here before, looked at me and in so many words told me, you're the one person I trusted in this whole you're world. You're to be my safe zone. Right, and you just paddled me. Yeah. We weren't the house of shame. We weren't like this, and we weren't the house. Which is such a big deal, because that is that is part of my damage, yep. is that I grew up in the house of shame. Yeah. As did I. And that's why I am the teacher that I am now. I mean, that it really informs so much of what I do. And it is why I am the performer yeah. that I am. How I go oh, yeah. about my gigs, how yep. I talk to my kid when we're talking about work, mm-hmm. and you're going to do it this way. And you do the best that you can, and then you move on. And, and I it. love you. And then yes. treating kids with love yeah. and yep. respect. And yep. and I do think that empathy and compassion is mm-hmm. what we need mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. And the arts is where we bring it. Yep. Um, Thank yeah. you for that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming in. I know. Oh, we're late. I'm sorry we're time. late. No, we are not late. We are right on time. Yay! We are Yay. right on time. Hashtag right on time. Hashtag this right on time. This is solo booth. Cammie Lila was our incredible guest. Amazing. Thank you, Eric thank you so and Wendy. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. Wow. And I'm glad we talked about real stuff. We did. Heck yes. All right, gang. All right, Bruno, the dog. Thank Hi, you for Bruno. listening. See ya. Bruno, I Next love time. you. <laughs> So we're back, Wendy. Three minute fact check. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Are they going to pay us now for that? I'm loving it. <laughs> there it is. So, Candy Milo, what a fantastic guest. Amazing. Um, she mentioned during the interview that she took over for June Foray. Mm-hmm. Um, and June passed in 2017. And June was best known as the voice of uh, animated characters such as Rocky, uh, the Flying Squirrel, and the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Yes. Uh, Lucifer from Disney's Cinderella mm-hmm. and Cindy Lou Who as well uh, and also Jokey Smurf um, from the Smurfs and Granny from oh, the Warner Granny Brothers with Tweety Bird you know cartoons yeah, and I Bird, think yeah. that's yeah that's the voice that Candy um, was talking about during the podcast uh, she, she took over for Granny as well as others that was fantastic incredible yeah. alright we also chatted about how I met Candy, which was at my Broadway-style combos for movers class, which mm-hmm. is basically a class for brilliant singers and actors and sometimes dancers that are getting back into the game um, that want to take a theater dance class that helps them in their actual audition callback process. So if anybody's interested in hearing more about that, you can just find me on Facebook. There's a group. It's called Theater Dance and Tap with Wendy Rosoff. Find me on Facebook. And she also mentioned that she used to work uh, in amusement parks, I guess, right? Yeah, Theme I think parks, that's right? that was kind of like her first gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one guy she mentioned was Jeff Bennett. Yeah. The great Jeff Bennett. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know. They did theme parks together. That's wild. It, I mean, it just speaks to kind of how important relationships are. And yeah. it's, I mean, it starts so young and they last decades. So Very anyway. True. Mm-hmm. And she also mentioned the great D. Bradley Baker. Uh, uh, who I had the good fortune of... <laughs> mm-hmm. Taking a workshop with here. How do you like that? Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And Dee is such a great advocate for, for union membership, for mm-hmm. one. But mm-hmm. he also wants to really inform and educate actors. And he does so by breaking things down in a very manageable way on his website. That's dbaker.com. That's d-double-e-baker.com. Let's do it together, Wendy. D-E-E-baker.com. Baker. 
that was in unison. <laughs> that was a dynamic I was duo. feeling you. you um, the other thing that I love about mm. Dee's website is um, he does a running blog. He's got mm. these audio interviews. He's got videos. Yeah. But the best part, you guys, is that he's broken down all of his demo reels. So for those of us that are aspiring, mm. you can hear everything. He's so famous for many, many things, but those creature voices that he does. Yep. Oh, my God. You can just, just learn so much just, like, you know, taking some time and listening to those demos and yeah. and hearing what he does with that instrument. It's just incredible. And when yeah. we were here, he, mm-hmm. he did a few of them he for did. us. He doesn't like to do them all the time, though, because <laughs> he know. wants to focus on other things. But to he hear that. He did it all, man. Yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive. Oh, there we are. Okay. Three-minute fact check. We're out. We're done. Bye. Bye. Bye.